Hi, welcome to St Ninian's Sermons Podcasts. My name's Stuart, I'm the minister at St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse in Scotland. We are an ecumenical partnership between the United Reformed Church and the Church of Scotland, and that means we reflect both traditions in our work and worship. You can find us on the web on Facebook at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse and on the website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk. reading is taken from John, chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. It was late that Sunday evening, and the disciples were gathered together behind locked doors, because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. Then Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. After saying this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy at seeing the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive people's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. Thomas said to them, Unless I see the scars of the nails in his hands and put my finger on those scars and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were together again indoors and Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands, then reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop your doubting and believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, do you believe because you see me? How happy are those who believe without seeing me. In his disciples' presence, Jesus performed many other miracles, which are not written down in this book. But these have been written in order that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through your faith in him, you may have life. Amen. I wonder if you've been feeling anxious over the past few weeks. I know that at some points, especially near the start of this coronavirus pandemic, I have been. If I sit and think about it for too long or watch the news for too long or scroll through Facebook and read too many articles, my stomach starts to churn. That knot starts to get tighter and my anxiety starts to rise. Anxiety is not always a bad thing. It's a warning system. Your body's way of telling you that something's wrong, that you should avoid it, to hide or to run, fight or flight, we call it. It's very deep and primal response. It doesn't come from the rational or analytical bit of your brain. Anxiety lives in the very oldest primal part of your head. It's called your limbic brain. The part of the brain that has for millennia kept us safe from everything from saber-toothed tigers to invisible viruses. Of course, too much anxiety not being able to 
turn it off after that initial jolt to get us moving or to get us to hide, that can be a problem. Long-term anxiety is incredibly debilitating. We find the disciples in what has become for us a familiar situation. They are stuck inside. It's still Easter day, but evening has come. The disciples are gathered together in an upper room, still in Jerusalem, and they're frightened. And so they should be. Jesus has been brutally tortured and executed. They put his body in a tomb until they could attend to it after the Sabbath. But when they got there, Jesus' body was gone. Mary had come back with some wild story about meeting someone that she thought was the gardener and then thought was Jesus because he knew her name and then he disappeared. So they don't really know what to make of that. So here they are, ten disciples gathered together in one room, locked in, scared of what will happen next and what has quickly become a hostile and dangerous environment. We rightly talk about Jesus' journey through Holy Week, from the highs of Palm Sunday to the depths of Monday Thursday and the desolation of Good Friday. But to be honest, the events of that roller coaster of a week only really make sense if we see them through the eyes of the disciples. The Gospel writers all give us ways into the stories through the disciples. Mary anointing Jesus' feet. Judas questioning the waste of that. Peter resisting having his feet washed, promising devotion and then denying even knowing Jesus. Mary at the tomb. And now we see the resurrection through the eyes of Thomas. Except we don't. Thomas, the one we all know as Doubting Thomas, never was there such an undeserved nickname. Thomas, remember, was the disciple who, when Jesus talked of going to see Lazarus, who had died, going back to the place where the people were plotting to kill Jesus, said, let's go with him so that we can die with him. Thomas isn't locked in that upper room with the other disciples. Thomas has gone out. Thomas has gone out into a city that's full of danger for him. Out into a place where the authorities wanted to capture and kill him and his friends. But he went out anyway. And when he's gone, Jesus appears. And the disciples are terrified again. And why wouldn't you be? A dead man's just turned up and he's standing there in the middle of a locked room. That's not normal. At the very least, it's slightly unusual. And if we think about it, it's really pretty terrifying. Especially to a group of people who are already filled with anxiety. Jesus gives them exactly what they need in that moment. Peace. He speaks. Peace. Remember, this is John's Gospel. The story that starts with Jesus as the Word of God. And the Word of God speaks everything into being. Let there be. And there was. And it was good. Now, Jesus speaks peace. Actually, what he says is something much bigger and richer and fuller and more complete. Jesus says, Shalom. Shalom. It's a traditional Jewish greeting 
And we translate it as peace, but it means much, much more than that. Shalom means a peace between all things that are in opposition. Shalom means wellness and completeness and well-being. Shalom is the very opposite of what the disciples feel at the moment. It's the very reverse of their fear and anxiety, their depression, their guilt, their tiredness, their grief, their darkness. Shalom. Jesus has spoken about this kind of peace before. Way back in chapter 14, he tells his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This saying comes as part of a long passage of Jesus' teaching. It's known as the Farewell Discourse, where Jesus talks to his followers about what's going to happen next. And they don't understand. I mean, why would they? He's Jesus. He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. What could possibly go wrong? All this stuff about going ahead of them, about his father's house having many rooms and not to be afraid. And now their very worst fears have been realised. Jesus, their everything, was hung on a cross and he died. All that they hoped for, all they expected, all they had dreamed of had died with him. And yet here he is, standing among them, speaking peace, shalom. A word to mend it all. A word to put it all back together again. A word to restore their brokenness, to heal their hearts. For Mary, the word that she needed most was to hear her name. To know that she was known and loved. The word the disciples need most to hear is peace. Shalom. Shalom was a word that they would hear and use every single day. Every time they met somebody, they would say it to each other in the same way we say hello. And with that repetition, like with so many other things that we say often, comes a familiarity. A familiarity that leads to a loss of meaning, a loss of understanding. It becomes automatic and unthinking. It's just a word. Just a word that we say to greet one another. But here in this anxiety-laden room, the word that Jesus speaks is filled with new meaning. The thing the disciples feared the most was Jesus not being with them. We all talk about things that give us meaning and purpose. The things that get us out of the bed in the morning. Things that matter most to us because they're the things that tell us who we are. For these former fishermen and tax collectors and political activists, the thing that gave them meaning and purpose was Jesus. And he's gone. But now he's back. Their worst fears have been overcome. Maybe, just maybe, it's going to be okay. But what if he leaves again? That's what happened to Mary. Jesus was there one minute and gone the next. What if that's it? What if he doesn't ever show up again? What then? The disciples have crashed into a new normal. Practically overnight, everything has changed. Nothing is certain anymore. Nothing makes sense. Everyone is a potential threat. Sound familiar? 
One of the things I find most helpful about the stories of Jesus is that again and again, they speak into our own experience. The things the disciples experienced are the same things that happen to us. Their concerns are our concerns. Their anxieties are our anxieties. Their fears are our fears. There's only one thing that could help. Only one thing that could calm them down. Only one person who could restore their confidence and settle their nerves. And that was Jesus. So Jesus comes and stands among them. And he gives them what they want most in the world. The gift of his presence. I'm pretty sure that one thing we all want more than anything else is to stand among the people that we love and know that everything's going to be okay. But that's not quite what happens here. Jesus isn't staying. He's here for now, but soon he will be gone again. And that troubles the disciples, so again he speaks peace to them. He gives them a gift. The gift of his presence. A gift to be with them always. They will never be alone again. Things won't always be easy. None of that's changed. But they will always have Jesus. And Thomas isn't there. Of course he's annoyed. Why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus show up when he wasn't there? Jesus could come anytime. Why didn't I get what everyone else got? And finally, when Jesus saw Thomas, Thomas gets the same gift that everyone else was given. The peace of knowing that Jesus was alive. The peace of knowing that death is defeated. The peace of knowing that Jesus will always be with us. Even when all around us seems dark and frightening and hopeless. In fact, especially in those times. What an incredible gift. But we weren't there either. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's what Jesus tells us. Blessed. So that's us, isn't it? We do not see and yet here we are. But hang on. Can that be right? We've not seen and yet believed. But have we closed our eyes? Because the evidence is all around us. It's in the scriptures and the Easter story still fresh in our thoughts. There are visible things that, structures that point to the man Jesus, churches and cathedrals, works of art, music, libraries full of theological books, the great writings of the, the church fathers, the list goes on and on and on. But there's not just physical evidence, not just the things that we can touch, there's much, much more. There's love and action. There's the welcome, the, the community. There, well, there's us. Each one of us is a pointer to something bigger. We're not the ones that walked with Jesus on those dusty roads 2,000 years ago. We walk today's paths, today's roads pointing the way for other people. Those who do not believe are blessed by our presence. We are the blessing, as we have been blessed by others. We did not see, 
but we're both blessed and a blessing. And that's incredible. It's wonderful. It's beyond our imagining. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And in our own moments of fear and anxiety, when things seem the darkest, a promise is made real to all of us. A presence with all of us, bringing peace, God's peace, God's care and compassion and presence, God's shalom with all of us, always. Don't forget you can find us on Facebook at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse and on our website saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk We'd love to hear from you so please leave a comment here on anchor.fm or on the website or on the Facebook page. Thanks for listening.